your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Is it time to back up the Brinks truck? At least Emmanuel quickly thinks so. What's up? This is Orange and Blue Bloods. EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer coming at you. we got a lot to talk about on this free agent extravaganza episode of Orange and Blue Plus. First, we will talk about Emmanuel quickly reportedly wanting a big payday. He thinks uh, what he's a $100 million man. Do the Knicks think so? I'll ask Tommy that on this podcast. We'll also break down all the big storylines heading into this free agency, which begins on Friday. Plenty of big storylines, plenty of big names out there, plenty of guys the Knicks may be looking at. So we'll break all that down. And we have a new CBA that goes into effect. How does that affect the Knicks? How does that affect the rest of the NBA? We'll talk more about that and more coming up Orange Blue Bloods right now. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Orange and Blue Bloods. Tommy Beer with me. A lot to discuss on this episode. Tommy, how you feeling? Feeling good. Thursday, right before the start of free agency and a pretty big day in Knicksland. We're recording this um, around 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon, so we're still waiting to hear about the Josh Hart news he has until yes. this evening. Um, and that uh, is, is something, obviously, to keep an eye on because that could kind of give us an idea of um, if he does opt in and the Knicks do the opt-in and extend route. Um, that may be an indication that Knicks plan to use their mid-level exception, um, which would uh, certainly uh, make things a bit more entertaining um, over the next few days and weeks for the Knickerbockers, um, as they would have a lot more options in terms of, you know, up to $12 million for the middle of exception, mid-level exception, as opposed to just their biannual exception, right around 4.5. So um, we should get a better idea of where things stand. Um, uh, and then obviously we have a free agency beginning of Friday evening. And at some point over the next couple months before the Knicks have right up until the start of the 2023-2024 season, they have to make a decision about a manual quickly. And uh, let's start there, EJ. Let's start there. So, again, this is Orange Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, an Odyssey WFAN original, a podcast that you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on, the, on your streaming service to get these episodes 
every time we drop, drop twice a week during the off season. So make sure you guys hit that auto download feature so you can get these episodes whenever we release them. So you'll be ready to go and listen to your boys, EJ and Tommy discuss Knicks basketball. Also check us out on YouTube. You can catch us on the WFN channel and the Odyssey sports channel. So Emmanuel quickly is reportedly eyeing a big payday. At least that's what at least rival teams believe at this point in time. So yet heavy.com NBA reporter Sean Devaney say a league executive told him that Emmanuel quickly is seeking a nine figure deal in his next contract. The league's ex said, quote, he's going to want nine figures and that's for four years. I can't say the Knicks will go that high, but they might have to. He's not a guy you want to send to restricted free agency. So Emmanuel quickly is coming off the best season of his career. He was a runner-up runner for six-man of the year this season, an award I think he should have won at the time he agrees. Uh, he posted a career-best 14.9 points per game on almost 45% field goal shooting and 37% from three. So, Tommy, are you comfortable with the Knicks paying Emmanuel quickly $100 million plus on a four-year contract? So here's where I'll, here's what I'll say. Um, the players are worth what they're will, what they can command on the open market. Um, and obviously that's what quickly and, and his agent are trying to determine. And that's what the Knicks are, are trying to figure out as well. Um, at the moment, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to it, it's, I wouldn't say it's a difficult argument to make, but it's a challenging argument to make that he could command a hundred million dollars on the open market, you know, an average annual value of around $25 million per season. Um, not outside the realm of possibility, you know, when you consider guys like, Jordan Poole signed a $128 million rookie extension. Um, Tyler Hero, $120 million rookie extension. Are those players more valuable than Emmanuel Quickly? Uh, I don't know. So, you you know, when you factor in the rising cap, um, and and we'll talk about the CBA, um, despite the cap rising, there's going to be a a downward push uh, on escalating contracts, especially at the higher end of the $100 million, et cetera. Um, So, Here's kind of where I sit in terms of, uh, you know, big picture uh, on IQ. I think the Knicks will come in offering somewhere in the neighborhood of four for 70, 75, 80 in that neighborhood. They'll start a little bit low, ideally planning to end up with around four for 85 with, you know, 78 mm-hmm. guaranteed somewhere in there, you know, some maybe a descending value, you know, some of the other things of player option, team option, et cetera. Um, IQ's camp will obviously start at, you know, 105, 110, and then, and then come down maybe. So I think they do meet somewhere in the middle. My concern for the Knicks would be while I, while it's difficult to make an argument that he's a no brainer, a hundred million dollar player at this moment, if he plays as next season as well as he played this season and hits restricted free agency, he's going to get a, an offer in excess of 100 million, you know, or at least at that 100 million dollar number. Um, there's going to be plenty of teams with cap space, um, and if you're a young team, the Spurs, the 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 uh, uh, Rockets, obviously, these uh, you know the Magic, the, these are teams, the Pistons, these are teams that you know the, the fit is obviously pl- plays a role, but part of that beauty of, of IQ's value is his versatility. Um, yeah. so, I, so I think there's a lot to be said there. Ultimately, I think the Knicks have to do what it takes to, to secure a deal. You want to play hardball for a little while, wait up to the 11th hour, wait up to the day before the, the regular season starts. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, it's, it's training camp may be a bit awkward in, in preseason games, et cetera. Um, but long story short, I think it's really important to lock 
down Emmanuel quickly. Um, you talked about his numbers. He's led the league, he's led the Knicks in uh, plus minus the last two years. The Knicks are a better basketball team when he's on the floor. He's his versatility. Uh, he's a smart kid, a good kid. Doesn't doesn't cause waves or problems. Um, he's a guy you want to. Uh, uh, this is a franchise that believes itself to be on the rise, and I, we both agree that it's ascending. Yeah. He's the type of guy you want to keep around because things, you know, he he he, he organizes the offense. He is uh, a great defender. Um, there's a lot to like there, and the Knicks should not let him get away. Yeah, it's so funny. Like to me, this is the stare down that I've been t- anticipating for this franchise for a while now. And I feel like I've hinted at it. I've kind of pointed to it. And sometimes I kind of say, oh, something to look at. And I think that this offseason will be extremely interesting. And this being kind of the first domino of what I think will be a negotiation that may get played a little bit out in the media. Now, this, of course, is from a rival executive. But I, I don't take that and think, oh, that's something that means I could discredit it. I mean, rival executives talk to agents of all players, and Emmanuel Quickly's representation represents other players. I'm sure they're asking, hey, what's Emmanuel Quickly going to go for, you think? And this is what they're apparently telling teams. And they want to tell teams because if they do get their restricted free agency and Knicks don't give it any extension, this is what he's going to be looking for potentially next year. Now, Emmanuel Quickly had a great season last season, particularly regular season. I'm, I'm emphasizing yeah. he was spectacular. Um, his defense, I think underrated one of the best defensive guards coming off the bench in the league last year, his efficiency coming off the bench, his shot creation, his shot making ability, uh, everything improved for Emmanuel quickly. Then the playoffs came and the playoffs were an entirely different animal for Emmanuel quickly. He struggled mightily in the Cleveland series. He struggled mightily in the Miami series and then he got hurt and couldn't finish that series and that's how his season ended and as i tweeted i'll say on this podcast if emmanuel quickly came to me and i was leon rose and he asked me i want 100 plus million i just start reading off his game log for what he did during the playoffs because when i look at giving the guys a 100 million dollar contract and it's not the same as it was you know 15 20 years ago is the money's a lot different now obviously but when i'm thinking about giving out that kind of money jalen brunson last year came off of a like incredible postseason run and the contract he got from dallas to the knicks was four years 107 million dollars that was him as their starting point guard led his team to a conference finals beat one team essentially without his best player in luka Doncic, and it was coming to new york to be their starting point guard he got four years 107 in my head i don't think a year later i know you know obviously we're in an inflation situation but i don't think a year later that then turns to emmanuel quickly a uh, six-man candidate, played a good regular season, had a terrible playoffs, that then he's worth pretty much what Jalen Brunson got last season based on his performance. That does not add up. Jalen Brunson was better than Quickly's regular season was when Jalen Brunson played with the Dallas Mavericks, and he was way better than <laughs> Quickly was in the postseason. Now, as you said, the market dictates what you're worth. So if you're the Knicks, do you risk – saying we're not going to pay him that and maybe say, hey, we want you for 85 or 90 and have that maybe send IQ in a situation where he says, well, I'm just going to go to free agency because I think I can get a lot more. That's going to be the risk because as I've said on this show, and I'll say it now more definitively because we're finally really talking about it, like I think someone will give Emmanuel quickly $100 million to be their starting point guard. Like I 100% believe that. If I was him, I would not sign an extension for the Knicks at 85 or $90 million because – it's going to cap his ability to make more money moving forward in his career because 
he's always going to be playing behind Jalen Brunson while he's there. Jalen Brunson will always be the starting point guard. And if Jalen Brunson's always going to be starting point guard, that also means a man quickly will almost probably never be the starting shooting guard. Like, you're not going to play those two guys probably in a backcourt together as your starting backcourt. So there's a future where RJ's traded or Grimes is traded. I don't think that IQ becomes the full-time starting shooting guard. So you're always going to be a six-man kind of guy for the Knicks, which means that you're only going to get six-man kind of money. So at what point do you say, hey, maybe I don't sign this. I see what I do next year. And then let's see what the money is. Now, if I don't play up to that contract and it is what it is, I take that risk. That's fine. But if I do play the way I did last year, somebody's going to offer me $100 million, And then Knicks are going to have to make a tough decision. Either I get the money I want or I go somewhere else and I become a starter and I have opportunity to really make myself a star in this league. That's got to be the question Emmanuel quickly is asking. And if I think he was smart, I don't think he would sign a, a, a extension for less than at least 95. Like I think, I think that he absolutely can get more. I'll say this. Um, and, and we talked about it. You mentioned it specifically, you know, earlier in the season, the Mavericks came to Jalen Brunson and said, we'll do 55 million for four years. Uh, right. I, sorry. The, or the Rick Brunson. Went Rick, to the Rick Brunson. Yeah. No, we'll do 55 before. Um, and the, and the, the Mavericks hemmed and hawed and eventually, you know, dropped the ball and, and, and yeah. Brunson bet on himself and parlay that into double the, the salary. Um, and the reason, but the reason Rick Brunson would do that is because there's a lot of unknowns. There's, you know, can, 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 uh, what happens if you get injured? What happens if you have right. a good season? Um, and these are the questions that Emmanuel quickly is going to have to wrestle with. If Leon Rose drops an $85 million check in front of his face, that's hard to turn down. This is a player that hasn't cashed in um, relatively well. I think, um, and, and to your Brunson point, I understand that the comparisons are, are not apples to oranges and, and, and quickly would, would fight back and say, I'm a far superior defensive player. I'm not in, you know, right. nobody's going to argue that. But, you know, listen, both sides of the ball, the reason the Knicks stole Jalen Brunson um, was because teams were worried. Is he going to get dominated defensively? Yeah. Full-time guard, can he handle the, you know, and, and all that, et cetera. Um, and, and there's plenty of questions around the menu. Quickly. Certainly no one would suggest that he's worth more than, than Jalen Brunson. But um, his, his ability to contribute on both ends, even when he's struggling offensively, to contribute yeah. on the defensive end is, is really what, what drives his value. Um, I think that there's a compromise to be reached here. And again, I, I, I do think a compromise will be reached because as I talked about, for Brunson to turn down that money, um, our, our producer, JJ, you know, mentioned it right before we went on air here. You don't want to be that Dennis Schroeder situation. Yeah. Where Schroeder turned down 84 million to sign a couple of $5 million deals. You know, his agent told them you're guaranteed. No, no question. You're going to get, you know, then the other teams sign points. that all of a sudden there's all these chairs you figure one will be left for you if they're not you, you know you'll find yourself in trouble that's what happened with Schroeder um and one of the all-time bad fumbles in, in recent NBA history um so that has to be in the back of his mind um my sense is a deal gets done and I think there's a compromise maybe the Knicks uh, offer a little bit less money than quickly would like but give him a player option for that fourth and final season remember quickly's just 23 years old just celebrate yeah. his just celebrate his 24th birthday. Um, so if he comes and, and uh, I think last week, June, uh, yeah, he was June 17th, his birthday. So, you know, 12 days ago, just turned 24. Yeah. So he was 20, the last year, he was 23 the entire season. This season, he'll be 24 the entire season. So if you sign a three-year deal with the player option, one, you lock in that money. Worst case scenario, 85, 80, 90 million. If you play really well for that three-year stretch, yeah. 
and you hit free agency at 27 years old and can really sign a, a high value deal. So that's I, I think that's where I could see that that kind of compromise, you know, kind of both sides agreeing to that. Yeah, I, I, I that I, I it's funny because with the Knicks, when we've gotten to these points with players, every time you think, oh, this is going to be uh, an affliction point when it comes to a contract negotiation, that's never happened. I mean, Julius Randle has a great season the first year under Tibbs. And you're thinking, okay, he's going to be in for this massive, huge payday. And then he signs a contract that you think at the time, ah, this seems pretty reasonable. Then R.J. Barrett, uh, like he has a really good season saying, all right, you know, how much money are you going to give him? Do we really believe in him to be a full max guy? You're really going to give him $160 million. He signs for 107 guaranteed. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, that maybe he's kind of reasonable. And a, lot of, Mitchell, and a lot of people yeah. said RJ's not going to settle for that. He's going to, you know, right. But the Knicks have done a good job in finding that middle ground, kind of threading that needle. Right. And you can make the case even Mitchell Robinson's free agency. Yep. Like, I think a lot of people thought Mitchell Robinson was going to be gone. And, and you no, know, first day kind of surprise free agency, Mitchell Robinson signed to a deal. And you look at the money, say four years, 60 million, pretty reasonable. Like, they, they never, it doesn't seem like the Knicks, and that's why I think the Knicks, their side cap situation has been kind of envied by a lot of other teams and other franchises because you look at these players that produce for them you don't have guys making 35 40 million you don't have guys making way more than they're supposed to with the exception of Fournier currently on the roster like they don't have those kind of contracts so it seems like the Knicks front office has done a really good job of building a rapport with these guys that are on the team that they want to stay in New York and they want to be a part of what the Knicks are building so maybe this will be the case with Emmanuel quickly it just feels like this feels like the one that could be different to me. I don't know why I get that sense. It That's just a, the weird feeling I get. I hope I'm wrong. I don't sit here and say I, I hope Mayo quickly leaves or he, he doesn't sign with the Knicks. I think he's an instrumental piece to the Knicks. Like I said in the last podcast, there are players you look at and say, when you get to the promised land, you think this guy will be here. I feel like a man quickly would be here. If the Knicks got to the promised land winning a championship, so I want him here. But – this is a negotiation, and we're going to be talking a lot about the CBA and the second apron responsibilities and what all that entails. And you got to be really smart and careful with the money you're giving out if you really want to build your team into a championship contender in this new era of the NBA because it is a, a dawn of a new day. Like things are very different now with these new CBA rules. And it's also important to point out the, the quickly does not have the Knicks over the barrel here. That the Knicks, if anything, have the leverage because. Worst case scenario from a Knicks perspective, they failed to sign quickly to an extension, which they obviously would prefer to lock him in and, and to, you know, have him in-house and, you know, not, not have to worry about the future. But let's say, you know, seemingly worst case scenario for the Knicks, if if they don't sign him, if he plays really well, that's good for the Knicks, obviously improves their chance of right. the games next season, et cetera. And, you know, he could get a, a high offer, but the Knicks, he'll be restricted. So what the Knicks will always have the final say Next next summer they're in this position. They can say, okay, you, you don't you don't like the offer we sent. Go out, get something better, and we'll match it. Um, if yeah. he, if if they don't sign him to an extension and he plays poorly, then maybe they lock him into a four year, sixty million dollar deal. Uh, you know, next summer if he, if he drops his value. To your point, if he plays like he did in the postseason, you know, for for months at a time in the regular season, his value is going to get hurt. Um, so you know, the, the, those are the things that they'll have to weigh. But again. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I understand there's going to be people in quickly year saying, do not accept a penny less than $100 million. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, both sides, you know, again, to your point about, you know, Randall and, and Barrett, um, 
you know, there, there seems to be a good bedside manner. They seem to be, you know, with because there's the people, there are a lot of the reason the people didn't think Barrett would accept less than the max and he set, accepted far less than the max was because there's egos involved and your agent yeah. wants to make sure at number three overall pick gets more than Tyler Hero, gets more than Jordan Poole. Um, but, you know, whether it's negotiation tactics or whatever the case might be, Nick seemed to be able to, like I said, thread that needle where it's not an, where not an offensive offer, but it's, it, it still keeps their, their cap. Um, it keeps their cap relatively clean. And, and and to your point, and we've mentioned this on the pod before, 16 teams made the playoffs. There were another four teams that made the play-in tournament. Of those 20 teams, the Knicks are the one and only organization that did not have a single player making more than $28 million this year. Mm. Um, so many teams have a few guys making 50, and then they have to and then they have to round out their roster with minimum salary guys. The, the yeah. beauty of the Knicks really under Leon Rose, and if they become successful – the, the 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 you know it's a copycat league other teams will copycat it is try to find a bevy of guys in that 15 to 30 range um you have to strike gold with a Jalen Brunson um and sometimes you're going to strike out with a guy like Evan Fournier but do you flip that piece etc um and then obviously draft well so those are the things that are that are going to you know kind of play into this, this situation here um and like I said with the and one last thing before we move on from the yeah. the IQ situation um as we talked about the Josh Hart scenario, um, I think it's going to you know give us an idea of what happens if the Knicks do if Hart does opt in and then sign the extension, etc. The Knicks are more likely to use that mid level. And as we talked about on, on Tuesday's show, if you it's it's hard to envision signing a guy to twelve plus million dollars a year for him to play ten minutes a night. So if you're signing somebody right. to mid level exception, maybe your thinking is okay. We're signing this guy to replace this guy in the rotation, not to add this guy to the rotation. And maybe his IQ is that guy that they put out feelers and, and have a, a down the line. So, so just something to keep in mind. That is something I would think about as well. But I know, as I said, if I was Leon Rose and I saw that playoff performance, i come in a negotiation like this. You could use that against him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I love IQ, but this is a business. Yep. This is a business. Anyway, uh, like I said, NBA free agency is upon us. This is our NBA free agency spectacular extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. Um, it begins Friday. Teams will be able to, quote unquote, legally contact free agents and negotiate contracts. We know a lot of that's happening already. Among the big free agents you have this year, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Kyle uh, Kuzma, Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez, Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, Austin Reeves, and plenty more. One expected free agent who is already off the board now is Nikola Vucevic. He actually signed or has agreed to a three-year, $60 million deal to return to Chicago. So that's one name off the board going back to Chicago. But when we think about um, these big-name these big name free agents, Tommy, any guys you could see potentially changing teams this offseason? The I thought it was very interesting. Mark Stein and his Substack uh, this morning, um, you know, heard kind of rumors about Fred Van Vliet. You know, the, the mm -hmm. Rockets owe some money at Fred Van Vliet. Per Stein, this is a quote: "It would be a legitimate league-wide surprise now if Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks don't strike verbal verbal agreements to join the Houston Rockets Friday night." So um, it seemed wow. like it was kind of you know something kind of on the periphery. Maybe it happens, you know. Um, but uh, the, the Rockets have you know, upwards of $50 million in cash space, by far the most in the NBA. There's a lot of talk around the league. Who are they going to throw that money at? Um, who are they going to, yeah. you know, make, you know, make, make, 
give somebody a real tough decision to turn down that money. It sounds like Fred Van Vliet, that guy, then kind of the rest of the dominoes will fall into place. Because once the Rockets cap space is, is, is used up, there's very few got very few teams that can have that can offer more than you know, 2025, 20, you know, let alone a, a max contract. So then teams are going to have to fight it out for the mid-level guys um, and, and some other players we'll talk about. But um, that could be the, a very interesting first domino to fall. Um, and it'd be fascinating to see what the Rockets do um, should they sign, in particular, Fred Van Vliet. I've long been a, f- a fan of FEV. Um, I was hoping the Knicks would sign him when he originally signed his contract to stay in yeah. Toronto. Um, as it turned out, I was wrong, um, and, and the Knicks uh, smartly saved that cap space and money um, and, and invested into Jalen Brunson, um, which looks like a brilliant signing right now. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but that's definitely one name I'll be keeping an eye on early Friday clock, Friday around you know, 6 o'clock or so. Yeah, I think that Fred Van Vliet is probably all but gone. I think from Toronto, it, it appears that they may be going in a different direction. There's a lot of money that can be spent by a team like the Rockets that I think will make Toronto have to really think and say, hey, you know, we're a team that missed the playoffs. Um, we're kind of a team in a little bit of a no-man's land, and that would make for an interesting conversation what they do with Pascal Siakam. Where And, and since, since we're on the Raptors, did you happen to notice that there was a certain small forward, Raptors small forward, that changed? Oh, the- yes. Oh, yes. OG Anubi, who is, was uh, a clutch sports client, I believe Rich Paul was his actual agent, um, has left clutch sports, and he is signed with CAA. So CAA, that, that sounds familiar, EJ. Is, that, is there any Knicks connections with CAA? Oh, uh, yeah, quite a few. The okay. president of the Knicks used to run CAA, oh, so there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> and his son, I think his son does so, – oh, he's an agent for CAA. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, son's an agent for CAA. Son's an agent for Knicks representative, for some Knicks players uh, on the team currently. So that was very interesting. And uh, and some of the, the departure we're seeing from Clutch Sports are also interesting as well to note. But, yes, Ojan Newby. He's changed agencies, and usually when you see a guy change agencies, usually it means they're trying to get out of their current situation. So him going to say, hey, an agency that is deeply tied to the Knicks, also an interesting note. So Toronto, they got a lot going on. I don't think that probably – I don't honestly at this point, I don't know if giving Fred Van Vliet $140 million makes a lot of sense at this point if they know that they're probably looking down the barrel of a rebuild. So he's a name. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be a name that's 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 going to be mentioned because I don't think uh, Washington is going to be all that interested in probably bringing him back. So we'll see what kind of money he gets out there on on the open market. Um, I'm curious. I, I've seen a lot about Harrison Barnes too. Like it doesn't sound like Sacramento is like hell bent on bringing him back, which is a little surprising because I thought he was a really kind of perfect veteran, perfect kind of guy uh, to kind of hold that thing together. Kind of a blue guy for the Kings, but I think that he's going to end up getting. Uh, good money from somewhere, but it feels like those top end guys, Kyrie, Harden, Green, Middleton. It sounds like those guys will likely stay where they are. Do you? you have, do you think there's any chance any of those guys potentially get get set somewhere else? It sounds like Harden's leaning Philadelphia now, and, it, and if if Van Vliet goes to Houston, then that'll kind of settle it, uh, make an yeah. easy, easy decision for him. Though we'll find out tonight if he opts in. That's the other thing: get opt in, and then you know play the game, and then kind of kick the can down the road, um, and, and you know maybe join Houston in a couple of years. Um, you know, because we'll, it sounds like that's where he kind of wants to spend his uh, twilight. Um, so we'll see how that plays. It. I'm shocked, but it sounds like the Mavs are going to give Kyrie Irving. 
uh, you know, close to 200 million over you know, four <laughs> or five years, which would is just it's such an incredibly um, unwise decision, in my opinion. This guy has proven that he doesn't make teams better um, and that you regret handing him guaranteed a, a contract, guaranteed money. We'll see how that plays itself out. Um, Draymond Green was the one name that I thought was interesting. I actually even um, had uh, some thoughts about a potential sign and trade involving the Knicks. You know, maybe the Knicks send Randall and, and bring Draymond mm. Green East. Um, but with Jordan Poole shipped out to Washington, it seems like um, the, the Warriors are going to commit to keep their core, you know, core three guys intact and and uh, see if they can push along here. Um, yeah, so, I, I you know, I, I Chris Middleton, I assume he signs with the Bucks. Um, and, and Brooke Lopez. I was, I was a little surprised he opted out. I, I, I mean, he's making 40-plus million this next year. He's been really injury-prone. Like, really injury-prone. I'm. I'll be curious. Like, does he get like a you know a what what do you call it, like a lifetime achievement kind of contract from the from the Bucks saying, hey, you've been a great buck, you won a championship, so here's money you're probably never gonna ever live up to. Because he's well, a guy that I looked at as a for like when I was thinking about players available this offseason, I said, look, the Knicks could get a healthy Chris Mills and that'd be great, but he just looks nothing like that player anymore at this point. I, I I'd roll the dice on Middleton if I could. Um, mm. uh, even at even at a high price, I think. The issue, uh, and he realizes this, and the Bucks realize this. If they lose him for nothing, they can't use that forty million dollars in right. player. Um, right. So they, yeah. He basically, you know, I don't think he's going to get a, you know, two, you know, I don't think he's going to get a, a fifty million dollar annual. He may get thirty five, but then guarantee it over four years or five years, something along those lines, um, which obviously obviously is a risk. But he's so he may actually take a pay cut, you know, based on you know he make make less or you know maybe forty and then a, a descending value contract. Um, but you know, what are the Bucks going to do if they lose him and Lopez, uh, Middleton and Lopez? You know, you, you have Giannis, who's you know inching closer to free agency, which is obviously some some. Nick fans are keeping an eye on. Um, you have yep. to do. You have to do what it takes to uh, you know to, to keep him happy. Um, Drew Holiday's money is going to be coming off the book soon, so um, I, I could see them you know headed in that direction. But I, I do think he resigns there. Yeah, uh, and when it comes to some of the bigger bargains among this free agent class, any guys you look at and say this guy may not go for you know 150, 100 million, but a team that gets this guy could be getting a steal. Yeah, so I wrote about 15 players the Knicks can target um, on my Substack this morning. Um, so it's publishing out there. Um, a couple names. One, I th- I'm I'm, inter- I'm surprised that Kyrus LeVert has gotten so little kind of attention buzz mm. um, o- over the last couple weeks and, and months leading into free agency. Um, you know, this is a guy we saw him firsthand against that series. He yeah, was the guy that didn't seem to hit him. Yeah, he was like the only guy besides Mitchell causing any problems for the Knicks during that series. Totally. Um, you know, averaged 18 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3.3 made threes. Um, the final four games that series when they finally kind of turned him loose and, and let him play some minutes. Started 30 games for the Cavs last year, averaged 15, 4, and 5 in those contests. Shot over 42% from three. So, again, he's a guy that's had some injury his, injury issues in, in years past, but appeared in 74 games a season. Um, you know, as I wrote in my post, I, I would prefer him to DiVincenzo if I had the choice between the Absolutely. two in terms of the yeah. full mid-level. It sounds like the, the Pacers, uh, I'm sorry, the Cavs are going to, um, uh, they traded a first-round pick for him. It sounds like they're going to offer him in the $15 million range, so it'll exceed what the highest, what all those other teams that have the mid-level. Um, you know, they, they, yeah. they it looks, it sounds, I, I think it was Chris Fedor of the, of the Cleveland Plain Dealer who reported that they'd be comfortable in that 15 to $18 million range, which would take the Knicks out of competition. Um, he's one guy that I would love to see slip through the cracks. Grant Williams on Boston, um, 
Um, it sounds, mm. it seems like he might have played his last game in Beantown um, with the trade of uh, Chris Tapps Brzingis. Um, Celtics also drafted Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so they have some, some depth there, you would assume, to make up for Williams coming off a, a relatively poor postseason, especially compared to his 2022 postseason. But um, I love the way Williams plays, um, you know, tenacity, heart. Um, he's aggressive, you know, and those are the type of characteristics that that win you spots in Tom Thibodeau's rotation. Um, Seth Curry's a name. Uh, a yeah. lot of a lot of people have talked about the Knicks want shooters. That's certainly somebody I'd be interested in. Joe Ingles, kind of in that same mold, veteran, sharpshooter, reliable locker room presence. Um, one player um, that I, uh, you know, talk about undervalue guys, Matisse Thybul. Um, as a player, I've, I've you know, mm. liked for a long time. I like those kind of, you know, elite perimeter defenders. Um, he's restricted, so you assume that the the, the Pacers, I'm sorry, the Blazers, the Blazers would, yeah. would match any reasonable contract. But he's definitely something I'm going to kick somebody I'm going to kick the tires on because I think he would fit in perfectly. Um, you know, when you talk about high usage offensive players with limited defensive abilities, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, to name two specifically, you can stick a guy like that alongside them and he can kind of hide in the corner, shot 42% for Portland over the final two months of the season. Um, a couple of the names I'll just throw at you, Danilo Gallinari, sounds like he's going to receive a buyout with Washington. Would he be yeah. willing to, to, to eat up some minutes at the four, especially if the Knicks move on from Obi Toppin? And uh, Yuta Watanabe um, played well for Brooklyn last season. I was looking at his numbers this morning. They're really quite impressive. Uh, shot over 49% from yep. the four, shot 44.4% from behind the arc, um, you know, plays with, the, you know, an aggressive and kind of infectious spirit um, on yeah. both ends of the floor. Um, uh, 279 players attempted more than 100 three-pointers last season he was one of only two to shoot above 49 from the floor above 44 from three the other was Luke Kennard so I, I think he's one of those guys that you know at this time of the year and over the next few weeks everybody will be looking for the next Bruce Brown player where the the, the, the Nuggets got him for a five million dollar contract and he was a key bench piece on a team that won a championship those are the teams those are the players especially in this new cba which we'll talk about in a minute kind of those fringe pieces that can kind of put you over the top that you need to excel yeah and watanabe is an interesting case to me because in many ways he he excelled in the role that tom Thibodeau has kind of uh you know yes. burdened on two Obi Toppin like this stand in the corner and shoot threes and run around guy be that guy even though Obi Toppin drafted as a lottery pick number eight pick in the draft national player year in college you would think that he he would have a role much bigger than that um that's the role that Watanabe has carved himself a, a place in the league with I actually got to interview Watanabe when he was uh, a G League player um years ago so to see him a two-way player so to see him kind of become what he became for the nets was was really awesome for me so like i i looked at him as a free agent i thought that if there's a, a watanabe to the next deal i would be looking at seeing okay where's obi top his next home gonna be yeah. it feels like he would be kind of a perfect perfect fit with tom Thibodeau. I, i've mentioned seth curry a ton i know there's a, a weird kind of log jam in the backcourt and they just picked up Miles McBride's option, which they should have done, obviously, but um, they need to they need shooting and and they need they need to have options if guys aren't playing well that they could put in that can make shots. I think that's also some of the issues the Knicks have, like whether it's been as much as I love Deuce, but you, you just do so. Jericho Simmons being those guys kind of on the fringe of the rotation, neither of those guys come in and make shots. They're gonna give you defense and energy and things like that, but there needs to be an option. That, okay, we're not making shots. We can go to somebody else who makes shots, not another guy who's going to guard somebody. 
So I would love to see Seth Curry here. I feel like it's probably unlikely given the logjam at the guard position, unless they decide to move on from some of these guys in the backcourt, as we mentioned. Um, and it's funny, you know, I don't know how much money Bruce Brown is going to get, but, but the way he played in the finals, I kind of wondered, hey, is there a spot for him on this team as, as, as a backup guard? Like, uh, is he going to make more than a mid-level exception? I, I can't imagine that, but I, I don't know. Um, Kurt Heelan of NBC reported that he thinks he gets 15 million a year. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's that finals bump, you know, yes, <laughs> he's a good player. I don't know. I don't know if I'd give him 15 million, but, but, but he's a guy I also would consider. I think this is going to be, this is probably going to be one of the more interesting free agencies maybe ever, because there's not that much money, very few teams under the cap. So almost the entire league is working with essentially the mid-level exception of varying degrees, whether it's the taxpayer or the full mid-level. Well, you and know, then, you and then you have all these guys who are kind of like slightly better than mid-level exception kind of guys. So like, how many of these guys will actually spring loose and be available for these teams to sign? It's going to make it really interesting. Well, you know, the Knicks' number one priority will be a player that um, it sounds like it's not going to be restricted. Portland Trailblazer Cam Reddish. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is number one priority so we'll see how that turns out yeah yeah it's it's just crazy to see how you know it happens when you're you're you have a team and these are the guys you have so we we're all in on these guys and we talk so much about these guys and it's funny i've been talking about it a lot with like the mets when i do my show on wfan and like you know, we were just going crazy about Cam Reddish and there's these civil wars among Knicks fans over the uses of Cam Reddish when like in the grand scheme of the NBA, Cam Reddish is just a guy. Yep. You know, I used the S word on WFAN describing these Mets because they were losing. I'm not going to put that on Cam Reddish, but those Mets guys are scrubs. A lot of these guys <laughs> they were complaining about a scrub, and that's a $345 million team. I'm not going to say Cam Reddish is a scrub, but, like, the fact that people are getting worked up over Cam Reddish games, and this is now another team that's moved on from him is 18, 18 months, three franchises have 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 had the opportunity to hold on to Cam Reddish, and uh, you know, and said, "Nah, we're good." You know, you, you, you it, was, it was it was nice meeting you, but take care. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe it wasn't you know Tom. As much as I I have my issues with Tom Thibodeau, maybe it just wasn't all Tom Thibodeau's issue uh, with Cam Reddish not being able to produce. So. Um, the last thing before we get to uh, the CBA, which we want to talk about in relation to free agency, do you think any more big trades happen? Like, I feel like what I fear is going to happen is like this offseason is going to feel not that what's the word like like not that eventful because maybe a lot of these big names end up going back to their old teams, and we'll kind of forget that the big trades happened kind of already with Porzingis, Chris Paul twice, <laughs> and Bradley Beal. Like, is there, and now it sounds like Dame Lillard may be okay with whatever Portland's doing. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, do you think any other big trades happen this offseason, or do you think that uh, we're kind of done with some of the big stars moving? Uh, is Dame Lillard the starting point guard for the Blazers on opening night in October? I really, I really think he will be. I, and I think it's going to be, in, I think it's going to be insane. But like, and I don't know if this is some long, weird, long game that, that Lillard's playing where eventually he's going to then pull the rug out from them. But it just, just seems think, like. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to stay in Portland. You know, it's like. It's I do too. Yeah. And I and I honestly, I don't have an issue with it. I, I think some people that have, you know, um, you know, called him out soft and, you know, not doesn't want to win enough. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't knock KD for joining super teams and 
today's players, like, all they want to do is join up with other players. Like, yeah. Barkley, you know, didn't want to do that, even though we did. Jordan didn't need to do that, even though we had Pippen. You know, a million other reasons. You know, Stockton and Malone, you know, they had each other. Um, you know, there's all these, you know, today's players are soft because they just want to join super teams. They don't want to do it on their own. Like, okay, you can knock players for that. But then you can't also knock Dame for staying loyal to his to his organization. Like, I, I've always been surprised that that more people aren't understanding, like, if it, let's say you're making, you know, a, a good living as an, a, as an insurance adjuster on Long Island, and then some, you know, some company in, in, uh, in Myrtle Beach offers you to double your salary, are you going to uproot your family when your sister-in-law and, and, and right. grandma and grandpa live two towns over and you can meet with your, you know, your, your best friend lives in the city, you get together once a month. Like there are other intrinsic values. It's not just about highest, you know, obviously. It's and with, not and with Lillard, it's not, even, it's not even a salary thing. He's going to make the same money <laughs> wherever he goes. Exactly. So if he's just comfortable where he's at in the community, um, you know, he places a higher, you know, even if he won a championship with the Miami Heat, does it make mean more to him to, to advance to 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 improve the the Blazers and have only a five percent chance of of making the finals? And I, listen, there's a scenario in which the Blazers have a good team next year. Scoot Henderson's a teenager, but he's a really talented, tenacious teenager. Um, the Shadon right. Sharp make a make a big jump this year. You assume they're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, there's it, it, Nurkic is a good center. There's there's a there's a path there. Anthony Simons is a great shooter. You know, they keep them together, stay around 500, maybe move Simons at the deadline if if Scoot plays as well and get a wing or whatever the case might be. Thibel takes a step forward. Um, you know, listen, uh, the Nuggets are the odds on favored, yes, but after that, are, does any other team in the West scare you? You know, could you not beat the 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 Grizzlies in a in a seven game series? You know, is it, it wouldn't be impossible for them to beat the Warriors or Lakers? or you know or the Mavericks in the seven game series so there's there's opportunities there it's not as if he's guaranteed to finish you know with the 13th worst record in the in the west which is actually fascinating i heard somebody talking about it this morning when's the last time we entered a season now the the wizards are are have already hit the you know the tank rebuild yeah. are they are they, is there any other team you know the pistons seem to be wanting to they just paid their coach 100 million dollars they have you right. know good Kate Cunningham's coming back. The Magic want to make the playoffs this year. Is there has there ever been a time ever that twenty nine of the thirty teams or more in the NBA want to make the playoffs? I can't remember one. You know. Yeah, and I think you know for those who are familiar with this draft class coming up, it's because it yeah. is not nearly as good as the class exactly. that just happened. So I think some of that is okay. We tried for Victor. We all lost except for the Spurs. So now it's time to try to win because we're not like itching to draft some of these kids that are. Are going to be going in top three next year. So we just talked. We just talked about the Rockets. They're gonna they're gonna throw eighty million dollars at a win now point guard. You know, at the yeah. in his prime. So fascinating stuff. Yep. It is. So okay, the NBA's new collective bargaining agreement is signed, sealed, and delivered to all thirty teams. Apparently, those thirty teams are freaking out because it's like six hundred plus pages, and they're trying to all learn what the hell is actually in it. I'm surprised there was so much confusion about it, but nonetheless, that's been a whole deal. So they're all sent out. It goes to effect Friday with free agency starting. There are significant changes that are already shaping the way teams are conducting business. It's off season, season one being the much talked about luxury tax aprons being implemented at the start of next season, not this up season coming up the season after that um, teams that with teams with combined salaries reaching Seven million above the, the luxury tax line will be hit with a few minor penalties, like you know being banned from signing buyout players and some few uh, trade restrictions. That is the first apron, but then there is the second apron, and this is the thing that people are scared about. This is where the harshest penalties come in. 
So those teams will be unable to aggregate salaries in a trade. They'll be unable to use the taxpayer mid-level exception. Um, they will not be able to send out players in a sign-and-trade. Um, and they will have this first ever that I've ever heard of in any kind of sport, this deal where your first-round pick seven years out gets, quote-unquote, frozen, which means that it cannot be traded, and that pick will actually be moved to the end of the first round if you remain in that second apron for two of the ensuing four years. The only way to get out of that is by not being in that apron for three of the next four years. So if you hit it once, you can't trade that pick for four years. You can get out of it, but for four years, you can't do anything with it. So these are very intense penalties when it comes to the luxury tax aprons. And Tommy, a lot of people have been talking a lot about this. How much of an impact do you expect this new CBA to have on this year's free agency? Free agency, not so much. Because like we said, a lot of teams didn't have cap space to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. I think the more you're going to see it are kind of the moves on the margins. We saw with John Collins, the, the Hawks dumping his salary um, to avoid bumping up against that apron. Um, you know, and, and the other thing, we, we there's been a lot of talk about how it will affect the high-end guys, and it will. Um, that's why we've had names like Carl Anthony Towns mentioned and why we both agree the Knicks shouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, why the, why the Bulls are going to have to make a decision, especially with Booch back. They bring back DeRozan and Levine. Um, can they improve their team without moving one of those guys? Um, so there's a lot of stuff on the up-top guys. But another thing that, I, I, that hasn't been mentioned much that, that I think is very relevant is in years past there was a salary floor, but there was no real penalty to not reaching that salary floor. Um, mm. You know, just basically a fine you wouldn't get yeah. – funds redistributed now you have to hit that salary floor there's penalties for it and you have to hit it before the season starts um so you know we talk about trades one you know one kind of rumor that's made the made its way around the internet the last couple of days is would the team like the spurs be willing to take on evan fournier's contract to meet that salary floor and have him serve as a as a mentor for one bayana so those type of things might you know kind of kick up some dust and, and be a little bit more feasible. Um, but make no mistake, the, the immediate impact is going to be dulled a little bit because some of these rules don't take effect until next the, the next basketball calendar year, which is July right. of 2024, um, when a lot of those restrictions really start to kick in. Um, but teams are being forced to think about it now, and that's why the Knicks value contracts are, are, are even more. They were very valuable six months ago. They're exceedingly valuable today. A guy like, you know, Randall making 27 million, Brunson making 25 million each of the next two years. Like, those are the type of contracts um, that have exceptional value. Whereas it didn't seem like a big deal to sign Carl Anthony Town to a contract that's going to pay him $60 right. million in 26, 27 because, oh, the cap's going to increase, et cetera. Yes, the cap will increase, but now there's penalties if you want to expand and build around those teams. So those are the situations, those are the new realities for teams. And another interesting thing about that cap increasing, which a lot of people don't realize, is unlike in that like weird kind of fluky year where the Warriors were able to sign Kevin Durant because a new TV deal came in, now in this new CBA, the salary cap can only increase up to 10% from the previous year. So if there is a lot of money coming in a new TV deal, that essentially has to be distributed over several years. It's not going to just be, all right, one year. Here's all this money to all these teams. Nobody, everybody's under the cap. You can now sign it because we all got paid. Like, that's not going to happen anymore. So you're right. Like, this idea that you just give out money and say, well, the cap will increase, so it doesn't matter. Like, that's not quite the case, which is, again, goes back to that man quick conversation we had about just saying, oh, we just pay him $100 million. Who cares? Well, it, it, that 
there's not just a big, you know, mulligan coming to every team. Like I think maybe people thought prior to this new CBA. So that is a big thing. And we talk about the impact on this free agency. I agree. It may not be in the free agents, but I think maybe it will be when it comes to trades that happen. Like we talk about this off season, will there be a lot of trades or do we see a lot of them? Like again, the Bradley Beal trade was essentially the first domino of this, where uh, the war, the Wizards wanted to rebuild anyway, but they were going to be looking at uh, if they brought back Porzingis, if they brought back Kyle Kuzma, and then they kept Beal, that they're probably looking close at that second apron saying, hey, we don't want to be near that. We're a bad team. So, uh, And you had no teams wanting to then trade for Bradley Beal. Like, that's the other thing, too. You had Bradley Beal, people saying, how did Bradley Beal only go for basically no first-round picks? an old player that they were going to buy out or trade and no young players to boot. Well, that's because a guy making 50 plus million dollars. That's not a superstar or a top 15 player is a terrible value. It's not in the in his new NBA. Now the Suns, uh, they, they're, they're a situation where, you know, they have a new owner. They want to make a splash and, and they took that risk. But uh, there was a report I read this morning that apparently Mickey Harrison uh, told Pat Riley, do not bring Bradley Bill in here. I'm not paying that thing and you know, doing that uh, second apron for a, a player of this caliber. So that was that kind of took the mime heat out of that negotiation. So that I think may be where you see it. You may see more of those trades. Uh, if it's not a Bill, maybe it's more like a John Collins trade, like you saw earlier uh, last week, where or this week, whenever it happened, when when you'll see guys get moved and you're like, wow, that's it. Well, yeah, because some teams can't afford to pay some of the money they're giving out. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's the thing that 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 fans have a tough time, and you know, granted, fans don't have time to read six hundred seventy six pages. <laughs> yeah, so they figure, well, well, yeah, of course you, you know, so when Nick fans, you know, yes, you trade for Carlin Towns in second. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, because it's opportunity cost. It's, it's if you pay this guy sixty million dollars, what does that? What, what do you have to sacrifice in order to get there? And, and those are the issues. It is it is, but it, it will make for an interesting off season. I think that. The NBA, unlike any other sport, has really made the offseason a true event. It's something to look forward to. The player movement now is a part of the engagement with its fans now. So uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch. We'll see how much movement there is. Usually they tend to be surprises that nobody expects, like Rudy Gobert getting traded randomly. And you got you know Brian, Brian Windhorst doing the fingers. You know, he, he kind of gave us a little bit of a moment like that on ESPN uh, Cleveland talking about things he was hearing about the Cavs that he kind of walked all that stuff back is that because he walked back because he wasn't supposed to say it or was it because he realized he caught the fire so he didn't want to we'll see what happens with that but um, I think that's a good place to leave it though so I want to thank you guys for checking out this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods a free agency extravaganza it all begins Friday so NBA fans Knicks fans keep your phones ready get your notifications ready you want to keep uh, first of all, you should put your notifications on for Tommy Beer and myself. But besides that, uh, make sure you put your notifications on for Shams and Woes when they tweet because they'll be dropping a lot of news beginning at midnight. So make sure as we record the podcast Thursday. So make sure you're ready for that. Um, but again, this is Orange Blue Buzz. Thank you guys for checking us out. Of course, this is a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Find us on the WFN and Aussie Sports channels. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. If you guys, peace.